I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So it'll be Bucks at Texans Saturday night. And you're going to see the starters play for more than six snaps, which is what they've done in the preseason. Steve Ersnick, I still have mixed emotions about this. I'm not exactly sure... um, you know what the ups. I, mean, I know what the upside is, but there is risk involved. Let's face it. Anytime you're playing football, it's tackle football, albeit maybe the worst NFL team in the league. Um, but in talking to all the coaches and even some of the players, they they want to play. They not only want to play. I think they think they have to play. And you can do all the the scrimmaging you want. You know the limited contact, put the you know orange shirts on the quarterbacks and all that. It's just not the same. You, you've got to play football at some point. And I think the fact that there's no fourth preseason game, so there's a week off. Um, you know, we're not going to have access to the players until next Thursday, a week, you know, before the start of the regular season opener. So, you know, there's a lot of time. Of course, they got cuts. We'll start probably over the weekend, probably on Sunday. They've got until Tuesday to get to the 53-man roster. Then they re-sign the guys to the practice squad. So a lot of decisions that have to be made. Not a lot, but there's probably four or five roster spots that are still up, and I would think um, you know, that there's going to be some pretty good battles there, mostly on special teams. But at least for a half, according to Bruce Arians, and it'll depend on how they play, possibly longer, um, but at least a half they plan on playing these starters. And um, you know, it's going to look like football. I'm, I'm interested to see how they are because I've watched them practice, and – you know they should be able to execute well against the Houston Texans, and this is a chance for them to gain a little rhythm before they have to open against Dallas. Well, there's a couple things, and you mentioned the NFL didn't get rid of the first week of the preseason; they got rid of the fourth week. Mm-hmm. So this is the this is the game that normally all your starters play. That's right. It's two weeks before the opener, or in the in the Bucks case, just under two weeks because you're playing on Thursday night. This isn't the game that's played, you know, ten days prior to the opener which was always the fourth game, which would have been like next Thursday That's in, right. most, in most years. So you you haven't played a lot together. The offense has been inconsistent. Let's start with the offensive side. It's been very inconsistent in practice. You know you're giving the players four days off after this. And right. Bruce Arians Mandatory. has said every time they give them a day off, they come back and play like crap. I'm paraphrasing. Mm, that's true. Yeah. Um, but at some point, you've got to get Tom Brady – on the same page with all these receivers. You've got to get them all playing the same way. Yeah. You've got to get an offensive line in front of Brady that's not going to, you know, be a turnstile like Alex Kappa was in the first series when the only one Tom Brady played in. Right. Um, you know, it, it. you know, Tom Brady talked about, and, and we've t- talked to all last season, you know, they didn't have the timing. They didn't have this. They had no preseason games, no even off-season workout programs. Now, this team's been together a little bit in that, but – there's still that rhythm to football. There's still that rhythm you have to have. And, and yes, you played together last year, but things are a little different, and everything's going to be a little different, and defenses are going to scheme you different and everything. And so you want to have that feel. I mean, I, 
yes, there's always a risk playing football, but at some point it, it, you've got to get your players some some reps in so that they're ready for opening day. I mean, you're the hunted team this year. Every team, you're going to get every team's best shot. You're the Super Bowl champs. You know, week one, you know, yes, we may think that Dallas is somewhat of a pushover, and who knows if Dak Prescott's healthy, and they weren't a very good team last year in that, but you're going to get their best shot. And you're going to get the best shot the next week after that, when the Rams and the Patriots and go through the go through the litany of teams. And at some point, you can't afford to take the first two weeks of the season to get in a rhythm. Right. No, it's a, it's a it's a hard open. I mean, it's it's not as if they're they're playing easy teams. I mean, some, some people pick Dallas to win their division. I don't know that that's going to be the case. Um, but regardless, Dak Prescott is the first game. There's a lot riding on it for for both teams, um, and you know that that's going to be a tough one. And then uh, I think they play Atlanta at home, uh, which should be a little easier game. But you never know with the Falcons; they're always very capable. They have a new head coach, so that that certainly will be different. And then you go to L.A., and the Rams, I think, outside of Green Bay are probably the team that's most likely going to contend with them for the NFC title. And then a very emotional game. Um, after that, you know, you, you head to, to Boston for the prodigal son returning home, and that's, that's, that's an enormous game. So the first month of the season, you're involved in, in some really, you know, against some really playoff-caliber teams uh, with emotion and travel and everything else, you know, with that. It was funny. I, I talked to, you know, and this has sort of been a theme. I talked to a couple coaches the other day, and Harold Goodwin um, came to the podium. He's their assistant head coach, run game coordinator. Um, and one of the first things he said was he was like, you know, he said he was mad that the first preseason game, he looked at the stadium and he says they had all those banners from Super Bowl 55 all around, around the stadium because I'm glad – that uh, they got rid of him. He says, I'd take every sign off that stadium if I could personally. Because he says, you just got to let it go. You know, um, that was last year's team and we're building. And many coaches, and I think I mentioned this the other night, but many coaches have have told me um, that the best thing that happened to them was the Titans coming to town. Now, it turns out, was not a good thing for the Titans. (laughs) Did you see how many guys are on COVID protocol now? Not just the head coach, Mike Vrabel, now including quarterback Ryan Tannehill. I think there's a, a total of about eight or nine. I think it's members, nine is what I saw. Member, yeah, members of the organization and or head coaches. According to uh, according to his sources, it's nine. Where my sources? There's nine Titans that have COVID-19. Nine for 19. Not 30 for 30, but nine for 19. So it, it's, you know, and, and the reason they have it, well, I don't know the total reason they have it. I suspect the reason they have it is they stayed a week in Florida, right, where COVID cases are higher here than anywhere else. And they didn't just hang out in the hotels. These guys went out to eat. And we know this because Ryan Suckup is now on COVID protocol because he went out to eat with them. One of the guys, I think, uh, who was involved, that uh, one of the coaches that is quarantined, I believe, is a special teams coach. So very likely somebody that he might have gone out with. So I mean, it's 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 really, you know, they they're going to have to be careful. I know, you know, the one thing that Bruce Arian said was, I don't care about what the league rules are this year, and the league rules are a little more lenient if you're vaccinated versus unvaccinated. Bruce said, "There's the league rules, and then there's my rules. We ain't going nowhere." <laughs> and so that's sort of the business trip that they're in for. Um, 
But yeah, but but just kind of getting back to the whole Titans thing. When the Titans came here, they got punched in the mouth that Wednesday, and you know, I I talked to Todd Bowles the other day, and he said, you know, I asked him, you know, do you know, do you kind of have an idea where you think this team is, where you think your defense is? Uh, and he says, well, I like the way you know we ended up the Tennessee practice before the game. That would be the last practice, the Thursday practice. He says, kind of more where we were. Uh, and where we want to be going forward. Um, but he said, look, when you got half veterans and half young guys, and that's what their defense is, right? You got a lot of veteran players on the front seven and a lot of young guys in the secondary, mostly all young guys, to be honest with you. And when you got half and half, you're kind of mixing that up. He says the communication has to gel. And he said, you know, I think we need, you know, those kinds of practices get you in the the right frame of mind. Um, you go up against a good football team. And, and, and his thing was, look, you can preach all you want. The veterans who who have been there kind of know that, right? Like they've Some of these guys have been to Super Bowls before, um, Shaq Barrett, Indomitian Sioux, so on and so forth. So they, you don't have to tell them. They've, they've lived it, right? They've, they've got a little more experience. But he said, you can talk about it till you're blue in the face. But they have to see it. The young guys have to see it before they understand it and that it's – it's competition every day. You got to win every rep, and so I think I think that's why that practice against Tennessee was co- so key. And you know, coaches just enjoy it. I mean they they like the competition, and and it woke them up a little bit. Devin White has said the same thing. You know that they need this game because you can go out there, and I thought the defense dominated, especially the second day against Tennessee. Uh, again, they didn't get to play in the game. None of these guys got to play in the game. They they practiced during the week, and because they practiced hard, Bruce didn't want to play them. But what Devin said, he goes, look, even as well as we think we played, we're not tackling guys to the ground. You know, we're we're not we're not finishing plays. So until you get there and actually play football, you know, it, everything else is is just different. And so at least, you know, for Devin, for other guys like him, like they want to go out there and fly around and actually hit people and be dominant, you know, and, and they felt they were that in the practice that Thursday, but there's, you know, there, there's no, it's not like a game. It's not like someone's keeping score. It's not like you can tackle the quarterback. Uh, you can't even tackle the running back for that matter, all that stuff. So, you know, Houston is, is not a good football team, right? Um, we know that, you know, Deshaun Watson thing is a mess. He's not playing. Um, you know, David Culley, who I like, used to be on the Buck staff years and years ago, first-year head coach. But but arguably, the Texans may be the worst team in the NFL. It's, it's them, Jacksonville, and they're in the same division, you know, so uh, it'd be interesting to see if somebody gets over the other one. But very likely a, a, a team that might have the first pick again with or without Deshaun Jackson So or Deshaun Watson. I, I think I think this is the game where the Bucks could come out be very efficient, take the ball away, threes and outs, you know, score some touchdowns, and then get them all the hell out of there. And they'll be ready. You know, they'll be ready for Dallas. Um, they'll have their time off to heal up the wounds. They've got to get four days off. They'll come back, you know, on Thursday. Uh, and they'll have a, a full week to prepare um, for the NFL season opener. So, um, but, it, but if you don't look good, if you go out there and you stink it up, right, now you're like, ah, you know, now now we have to kind of like, that's the last taste that you have before you play the Cowboys. Doesn't mean you're not going to dominate them, but 
you sure would like to have that rhythm you talk about. It's about rhythm. It's about uh, execution. It's about, you know, going back to the standard you had at the end of the season. It might take them a while to get there because, you know, it took them all season to get there before. But this is this to me is, is an interesting game from an injury standpoint. You want to come out healthy, but also you want to look good. Like Tom Brady wants to look good in this game. I think it's critical for Tom to look good, but I think it's more critical for the weapons around him. You know, as we've talked about, and granted, it's practice, it's training camp, but Antonio Brown type but, weapons. Well, that, but the amount of drop passes that they've had. All yeah, training oh yeah, camp. they've had bad ones. Yeah, um, and, and we've seen it in the, in the the preseason games too. I mean, granted, the Tom Brady wasn't throwing all the balls to him, but protection's uh, been bad. The protection, know? particularly. Um, you know, you may have a new right guard on the offensive. We've talked about 22 starters coming could, back, but it may not be Alex Stinney. Kappa starting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, Stinney played very well in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you may have a new right guard. You know, mm-hmm. and it's, look, as I've said all along, you're going to get everyone's best shot, no yeah. matter how good or bad that team is. Right. I mean, they're this is, they're themselves. going up against the world champs. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these games are going to be in prime time as well, including yeah. the opener. You know, the whole world's watching. And, and as bad as, as you, you might think Dallas could be this year, although, like you said, some are predicting him to win the division. Now, the NFC East is not the toughest division. but No. But you still have Dak Prescott, who's a really good quarterback, assuming he's healthy. And you've got some weapons on that team. Uh, you know, so. And it's the first game. You're the defending champions. I mean, you're how many times are you going to be able to sit up there and go, like, we're opening the season and the world is watching? And it's it's the start of the NFL season, so everybody's jacked up about it, right? Their teams play on Sunday or Monday night. Um, this is this is like a national holiday in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. When the NFL season starts, it's opening day. It's only one game. It's not like Major League Baseball, but it's opening day. Yeah, and I want I want Mike Evans and Godwin and Bernard and Ronald Jones, and I want all those guys to be as confident and ready going in, and that right. means getting hit in the game. That means catching the ball over the middle in a game. That means running through the line and, and not going back to last year, but, I mean, you know, running through the line and getting hit. I mean, you know, that's all – you know, one of the things you notice in college is that first game, there's a lot of ugliness at times because there is no preseason in college. You know, game one no, is game right. one. The tackling is what's been bad, too. Absolutely. Like, you talk to the coaches, they say – Look, we can't. We're not tackling guys to the ground, and the tackling in those two preseason games we've seen so far, that's been awful. I mean, it really has. It's it's not been good at all. So this is what you have to do. Like you need to you need to go out and tackle and tackle well. You know, because when Zeke Elliott comes, he's going to run through you. Yeah. I think the so, two I things mean, that suffer is, from the the amount of off season programs and contact is tackling and offensive line blocking. Right. Those are the right. two things simulate. that the last few yep. years have suffered in football because there's mm-hmm. so much less con- – you know, it's hard. Off to, season. Yeah, you can't do anything. In the off yeah. season or even in practices now. I mean, there's a lot less contact than there ever used to be. That's right. Uh, training camp and the, through the regular season. And, and I think those two areas suffer the most. And so you've got to get some reps during the preseason to be ready for that stuff. I mean, other, yeah. otherwise – you know, you go into that first game like you see in college a lot of times, and it's, you know, it, it can be ugly at times of, of simple plays, and it's it's purely, you know, you haven't been out there doing it. Yeah. Well, Bruce Arians, you know, the, the plan is to play them the first half. He said, I mean, it could always change. I want to get in some good work. 
it's a long time before we play. We need to get up to game speed, and we haven't had any yet. They light it up in a quarter and a half, and they may pull them early. They could. If you go down there and score, like the other night, Jameis Winston played, and they're trying to evaluate the two quarterbacks. He started the game. They were going to give 25 plays to him and 25 to Taysom Hill. Well, you know what? Jameis went 9 of 10, led him to two touchdowns, hit two big balls down the field. He was out after 16 plays. That could happen. You know, that can happen to, to Tom Brady if they get the ball, go down the field, score, kick a field goal, or, you know, have a nice touchdown drive, get the ball back, score again. They're not going to leave him in there at that point. You've got your rhythm. You've got your film. Um, you know, the defense wants to play well. Mm-hmm. I, I know that just in talking to Devin and those guys. They, they, they want to they want to feel that feeling. They really think that they can drive the train this year. I don't disagree. I think as mm-hmm. good as the offense is, all we talk about is Brady and all the weapons. But to be honest with you, if you go back and watch the postseason, it was the defense that bailed them out. Um, their defense was dominant. And, you know, whether you're talking about the New Orleans game, you know, at one point, New Orleans had a, a seven-point lead. They're across midfield, converted a third down, the tight end uh, is running with the football when, you know, uh, Winfield, Antonio Winfield Jr. strips him and Devin White picks up the fumble, runs it down there. The Bucks score. Uh, it's a three-point game. And I think at some point the Saints got the ball back and then Devin White intercepts the ball and sets up a touchdown. So that was your game. But it was, I mean, it was nip and tuck. It was really tight. So the the defense went from that to, you know, beating Drew Brees and then going up to Green Bay, you know, sacking Aaron Rodgers five times. But even though they did, Tom Brady threw three interceptions in the second half. That was a dogfight. You know, they, they had to have a goal line stand. They had to force, you know, sort of a bad decision by the Packers to kick a field goal there. Um, you know, so – and then, of course, we know what happened in the Super Bowl where – you know, it was thirty-one to nine. They didn't allow the Kansas City Chiefs in the end zone. I mean, those those are dominant defensive performances. Sean Murphy Bunning with three interceptions. I think that the defense could actually be stronger in the beginning of the season. They're gonna have to contend with Zeke. They're gonna have to stop him. Amari Cooper. They got some. You know, the uh, Ceedee Lamb. They got some great receivers on the on that offense in Dallas. We don't know what Dak's gonna look like, but the defense might have to be. You know the one, the, the one, the side of the ball that actually dominates until Tom Brady and those guys can get back in the rhythm. So, um, yeah, all this is important. It's uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see them play. There's going to be some nervous times for Bucks fans, but um, all in all, I'm, I'm anxious to see them play, and then we'll have a lot of time to to talk about it before uh, before we get to the opener. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. What's the talk of baseball right now is Wander Franco. Who? And yeah, who? Right. Who's this guy? I don't know anything about this him. Dude just just showed up. Um Look, I, I you know, you go back to the trade right of Willie Adamas and they didn't bring up Franco right away then. It was I believe it was it was Taylor Hall, wasn't it? 
that came up. Taylor Walls. At, or Taylor Walls. Why did I call him Hall? Taylor Walls came up at shortstop. Uh, he ended up getting sent back down. But they knew that Franco would be here eventually, so they made the deal uh, with Adamas for a couple pitchers who are both going to be key parts of, of, of their run here. But uh, he struggled. Look, Wander, when Wander came up, he had the great first game, and then and then he got he got into a, a bit of a tailspin, you know, um, playing every day. And, you know, I, I think they let him work some things out. I think Nelson mm-hmm. Cruz has been huge for, for them to have him come over. Uh, but right now, there's not a better player to watch in baseball. And his at-bats are as good as anyone. Um, it's still hard to believe that he's just barely 19. Mark Topkin wrote a story, or 20. Mark Topkin wrote a story about him in the Tampa Bay Times. And his plan was to join the Rays last year at age 19. Of course, that didn't work for a lot of reasons, not the least of which was COVID and the, the shortened season, no minor leagues and all of that stuff. Um, but, you know, they finally brought him up June 22nd. And if you look at his numbers now, they're pretty amazing, right? 274, um, a 79, was it 790 OPS, I believe. And, but, but really in the beginning, I remember him slumping something fierce. You know, he, he's gone 26 games now where he's gotten on base. Um, but he was struggling. The fact that he made adjustments as quickly as he did is, is ridiculous to me. Like, cause he had to see how he was being pitched. He had to get more patient at the plate. Um, he now he is he looks so relaxed and so confident that you you can barely get him out. I mean the guy's getting two and three hits a game, uh, which is hard to do. And his teammates now are just marveling at him. You know guys like Chris Archer and Nelson Cruz, and he's just getting better and better. And you know when you consider his age, when you consider the expectations that have been on him since the time he was like 16. I mean, to, to have this being played out in real time right in front of us, this could be, this could be as great a star as Evan Longoria was. They've had some good players. This could be one of the greatest rays, you know, in, in, of all time, the way he's playing. Now it's a short sample size. I get all that. Uh, things happen, but Wander Franco is everything that Neil Solon said he was <laughs> for years and years when they he kept saying, wait, do you see this guy? There's no question he is the most talented Ray ever. And, and now, whether that'll bear out in his career, Evan Longoria is a fantastic Tampa Bay Ray, um, you know, has most of the records in this franchise when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. He was also tremendous defensively. You know, we'll see whether Wander's career does that but from the age of 16 when the Ray signed him through being the number one prospect in baseball the last two years probably would have come up had last year been a full season more than likely he would have been up sometime mid-season last year and two you know when he's 19 years old to play in the big leagues um it would have helped them they went to the world series well i mean particularly in the postseason when most of their bats went cold yeah um, you would have loved to have him He's good right. defensively. Um, yep. You know, he's made some errors since he's been up here, and, and I think he's – look, everything's a little faster in the big leagues. Everything's got to be more precise. More precise. More, mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's – you know, we saw Willie Adamas struggle at shortstop. The first yeah, year, year and a half he was up. He did. Um, and by the time they traded him, he's one of the greatest, you know, best defensive shortstop this organization's ever had. Um, I don't think there's any question about that. And, and at 20 years old, he's still learning that. And, 
You know, we, we, we've talked about sometimes it's like he hesitates a little bit on the throw to second at times, or mm-hmm. I don't know if he's not getting the ball out or he thinks he's got more time or, you know, and in the minors, you maybe you got away with that a lot of times. And, and you know, you're working through that, but he is, he's an above average defender. Um, I don't think he's as good as Walls at shortstop, but obviously offensively he's much better. Mm-hmm. You know, and Walls will be back up here at some point soon. I would assume maybe in you know September when they get to expand the roster by two. But you know, Wander Franco so far is everything is advertised. I mean, I, I love watching. There's a few at bats he's looked overmatched, but not many. He's got a really good command of the strike zone. He doesn't strike out that much. Not for someone who's got the pop he has. You would expect him possibly to strike out more. He actually has a pretty good command of the strike zone. Early on, he struck out a lot. Yeah. It's, it's really gone down since. Um, I just I, I like everything about. I like his energy. I like his swag. I like everything about the kid. I mean, and I think he's helped this team a lot. And, and I think some of the players. I think Nelson Cruz is probably helping him. I think big time. You know, yeah. I think a lot of guys around that team can. Um, you know, I think Randy Rosarina and that helps. I, I, I just everything we had hoped Wander Franco would be his rookie season, he's exceeded it so far. And do I think this is where he'll be his career? No, I think he'll be much better than this in his career. But for a twenty-year-old rookie, I, I, you can't ask for anything more from him. No. Well, and the fact that he never played in Double A, right? And he, he only played yeah. thirty-nine games in Triple A. Never, I mean, yeah, never played games. above uh, 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 A ball before this year. Yeah, and only 39 games, which is nothing, right? It's a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then we came up here. He had the big first day, right? But then he goes 0 for 18. You remember that? 0 for 18 stretch. Mm-hmm. Dropped his average to 095. Um, and through 15 games, which is a, you know, that's that's almost half his previous season. He was only batting 197. He had 15 strikeouts and 61 plate appearances. So he was struggling. And I mean, at that point, you know, the Rays didn't want to have to send him down, but at that point he could have continued, um, you know, kind of in the dumper. But since then, um, he's batting three oh nine with an eight eight one OPS. He struck out just nineteen times to your point in hundred and fifty appearances. Mm-hmm. And he leads all major league rookies now with forty two hits and he's tied for second with twenty two RBIs. Steve, this could be the rookie of the year, right? I mean, those numbers are rookie of the year numbers. Yeah, I don't think he's going to win Rookie of the Year, but I mean, you know, he's right up there. I mean, you know, his it, the you know the problem for him is he didn't come up till halfway through the season. So, I know, but if he's got the most hits in the major leagues of any rookie, well, that's that's likely. since that time. That's since since he arrived. Or, yeah, yeah, the forty two because he's got fifty four hits right now. That gotcha. forty two okay. hits is since after that stretch that he went over, or you know, after the since first, then. Okay, yeah, I got yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, since then he's been leading the the majors in in. And uh, hits in that. But what I mean, if he were to go? Here, Randy Rosarina. Randy Rosarina is a rookie this year. Well, yeah, you're competing against your own guy, and he's got better numbers, and he's yeah. been up here the whole well, time. Yeah, exactly, so. exactly. So, yeah, um, you know, you've got that makes you sense. Got, you remember, you've got rookies that have been here all year. I mean, by the end of the year, could Wander be in that conversation? Yeah, sure, potentially. Yeah. I mean, he's got a. But get, he's probably not get the hotter than he is now. But yeah. you know, because you look at the whole season, not just the last three months of it. So yeah. Well, it's been a hell of a run. I'll tell you, he. He absolutely makes that lineup go. It's exciting to watch him play every night. They've got some exciting guys. A Rose Arena certainly is one. Hey, your um, guy the other night, Francisco Mejia. Oh, God. He's so clutch. The dude's so clutch. Ninth inning, two on, two strikes. Blasted that ball. 
blasted it. Rarely overmatched. You know, in in clutch situations, he's just come through over and over again. I mean, I've 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 covered games. I've watched games with him come up in key situations and deliver big pinch hits. He had the five RBI game. He's had several walk. You know, one walk off. I think um, he's just been really really good. I mean, the catching you could not ask for more out of the catching position than what the Rays have gotten. There's no way. Um, you know, with what Zanino has done and his limited plate appearances, handling those pitchers, so many of them during the year, so many of them different with great wicked stuff. It's just been fun, man. It's it's uh it's a great baseball team. I get this text. Team it's is funny. Fun. This team is this team is fun to watch. I get texts every night uh when they play for my son. My son is that age and you can appreciate this, Steve. This is his baseball team. He doesn't remember growing up without the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is the first generation of Rays fans, right? He is so into baseball right now and always has been, but he is so into this baseball team, he can't stop watching them. He watches them all the time, and he works a lot of hours, but he comes home, he turns them on, and we're texting back and forth, and he just loves this team you know, because they're never out of it. They score more runs than anybody in the majors after the seventh inning. Um, their bullpen shuts people down, and you know you have to watch to the end. You just have to watch this baseball team to the end because they're going to do something every night that's that's going to wow you. And um, I mean, even the other right. night, Colin McHugh gives up the run to give up the game yeah. tying in, in the eighth. His first what run thirty nine run in the third in, innings, yeah, yes. seventeen appearances. Yeah, uh, his first earned run. I mean, you know, it doesn't happen to him very often. And no. then you know they come back in the ninth, no problem. They yeah. get two on, and Mejia drives it and seven four. Yeah. It's your ball game. Yeah, and he, and he was not sharp. He They put him back out in the ninth. He wasn't sharp then. They hit two rockets, one to right field and the other one to Diaz, who made a great play. Mm-hmm. So he didn't get any better, uh, McHugh didn't, with his location after that. But he got, you know, he, he hung in there and got six outs for him. You know, so at that point they had a pretty good lead. Um, and now I think I saw where they're getting one reliever back, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Fairbanks is uh, supposed yeah. to come back. Pete and Fairbanks then, coming and back. And Fire Eisen and uh, Nick Anderson shouldn't be too far behind. And David Robertson may be called up at some point. Former Yankees uh, bullpen guy that they signed after the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting for sure. So, yeah, Pete Fairbanks should join this weekend against the surging Baltimore Orioles. They've won two games in a <laughs> row now. You know what? Just exactly what you wanted to have happen. Get it out of their system. You and I Go talked back. about this yesterday. I said, or no, it was earlier today. We were on the phone, and I said, you know, I want Baltimore, Baltimore finally won a game. I want them to win again tonight, so they win got a two-game winning streak coming. Because at some point, the numbers, after you win, lose, you know, 18, 19 in a row, yeah. at some They're point, even out. The, you're going to win a game. I mean, you know, yeah. you're not going to go over the rest of the season. So they've got two in a row. I mean, the Rays are 15-1 and one against the Orioles. They could end up eighteen and one if they sweep the series this weekend. Well, and and quite frankly, no one else in the American League East has had that dominance of the Orioles. I mean, teams have all got winning records against them, but that's that that series alone. Okay, just what the Rays have done, their dominance against the Orioles will win them the, the American League East. They are, they have a four and a half game lead, I think, going into uh, the other night. Might be might be less than that. Yeah, now. as we tape this, the Yankees are up in Oakland six nothing early. Already, so it's going to be but, a four game lead, yeah. but. Um, that's not very many games. Trust me when I tell you the difference in their season has been their dominance of the Orioles. I believe the Yankees are eight and five against Baltimore. I think you're right. Now they've got six games left against them, so that helps too. But, sure. And, and and the Yankees are playing very well. They've won ten in a row, and if they if they continue to hold on, and they're beating Oakland pretty bad early, 
That'll be 11 in a row for the Yankees. They're red hot right now. Yeah, but how would you like to be them and then every time you look up, you don't gain any ground on the other guys? I mean, Well, yeah, but the good thing for them is they're now in the top wild card spot. Yes, you know, I mean, when they started this, they were they weren't in the wild they card. Were in now third they're place. They're yeah. three games up on Boston for the top wild card and four and a half over Oakland. If they win tonight, that'll be five and a half over Oakland. So right. you know, they're they're you know five and a half still not comfortably in a playoff spot, but you're in a good spot with a little over thirty games to go. If you have got a five and a half game lead on the playoffs, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I I think it's uh, you know it's just the way they're playing too. I mean, they've been playing great baseball. Pretty much all year on pace to win a hundred games. Yeah, it's a little over hundred. It might be hundred and one by now, but yeah, that's just incredible if they're able to do that. Really, Chris Archer will pitch Sunday, so obviously yeah. the hip uh, pain wasn't Feels too much. Better. So yeah, he'll get another shot. Maybe he can go three innings this time. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, credit him. He said, "Look, it's too important. I don't want to be out here giving up." You know, nah, giving up I, rockets if I don't feel good because his team needs to win every game. So yeah, no, I mean, look, if, you know. if you're hurt, you're hurt. I mean, yeah. The good know. news is is that he didn't feel so hard hurt that he had to go back to IL or go on a rehab stint or something like right. that. Now maybe after he pitches again, we'll know know yep. more about it. But um, you know, it's it's gonna they they need all the help they can get right now to lengthen some of their pitching, and um, it'll be good if he can go out there and perform. Yep. We got a lot of feedback on our show from yesterday. Saw that uh, from the mailbag question we had asking the greatest athletes from St. Pete. We always talk about Tampa athletes, but right St. Pete and we uh, we did leave off a few. We did, and it was it was uh, and I and I'm embarrassed because the one that uh, was mentioned the most of the people that wrote us, uh, particularly on Twitter, etc., uh, is a guy I covered. <laughs> in fact, he lived right down the street. His house is... Although, for the most part, we were talking a lot of baseball. We did get a little into football, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, we, we but blew that one. We blew We blew Sean King, of course. Gibbs High, um, quarterback there, went to Tulane, drafted by the Bucks in the second round, and oh, yeah, uh, he was the quarterback in the NFC Championship game when they lost to the greatest show on turf. Uh, what was 11-6? to Could have won that game 6-5, but... Sean King was uh, was a pretty damn good player. No less than Joey Johnston, of course, uh, longtime Tribune writer, now with the Tampa Bay Times, does a lot of baseball for us as a correspondent. Um, he had a pretty good list, I must say, because I remember all these folks. Sean King led the list that he that he sent us. Marty Lyons, the whole thing began sort of with a question about Bill Freehand, if, whether Bill Freehand was the greatest St. Petersburg athlete of all time. And I must say... I'm not sure anybody quite trumps him just yet, um, but Nicole Hazlett is certainly one. Marty Lyons we had talked about, I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, from the old Bishop Barry High School, member of the New York Sack Exchange, went to Alabama, all that. Nicole Tunzel, uh, who's a great uh, basketball player, I believe. Mm-hmm. And here's a name that I remember, uh, and she played professional tennis. Betsy Nagelson mm-hmm. was a professional tennis player, won quite a few uh don't think she won a major to quite a few tournaments. Of those, though, you know, I'm still sticking with Bill Freehand because yep. he made a ton of all-star teams, a uh, member of World Championship Tigers team, and uh, former University of Michigan head baseball coach, I believe. Yes, he was. And we, all, we had a couple others. Uh, Dave Estelle had talked about Boof Bonzer. Boof Bonzer, yeah. yeah. That's uh, right. Jeff Lacey, a boxing champion. Jeff Lacey. That's, Winky that's, Wright. That's a good one. Winky Wright. My son played against his kid in football, yeah. 
Yeah, we had uh, lots of people uh, wrote in. I mean, but yeah, there was uh, we did miss uh, several. But that's I guess you kind of get that when we kind of do it on the fly, and we didn't really. Yeah, we didn't research. We should, we should have maybe done a little more research beforehand. But yeah, well, see, I'm so confident that all these yeah. questions are going to be nope. answered 100 percent correctly. And by the way, I'm going to stick by my answer. I think I said Bill Freehand. Yes, you did. Uh, uh, Carl so, had uh, mentioned uh, Hassan Jones and Riley Cooper. Hassan Jones was actually from Clearwater. Okay, I want to say. Um, well, if we say go, Pinellas County, but yeah, Pinellas okay. County is good enough. But if you're going to say Pinellas County, I would say, yeah, Hassan Jones, Florida State. I believe he played for the Vikings, if I'm not mistaken, for a while. Um, he was a good one. And Riley Cooper, of course, played for the Philadelphia Eagles, Clearwater Catholic High School. Um, uh, Lewis Murphy was he from St. Pete? Lewis Murphy went to Lakewood. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep, that's another yep. one. Yeah, yep. that was another one. That Ernest was... Givens is a Lakewood High School player. Yep. Ernest was a good football player, of course, for the at that time the Houston Oilers, I believe they were. What about Dimitri Hill, Dimitri, the Meat Hook, yeah, used to call him, yeah. And Tom Carter, Tom Carter went to Notre Dame, seventeenth overall yeah. draft pick. I do remember him, yeah, very good player. Yeah, uh, Franzen had uh, tweeted those two names in. I'm just those are going through some tweets here of uh, all the ones we missed. So yeah, well, that was. Uh, yeah, I guess there's there's more. I mean, it, it is it, it's funny that when you talk about the greatest athletes from this area, most of them tend to be from Tampa. But St. Pete's had its fair share. They certainly have. I think it's just it's the Tampa Bay area, right? Champa Bay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, it's a region. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, we know the Hall of Famers, particularly in baseball, across the way in in, uh, in Tampa. No shortage of Hall of Fame players in baseball over there, and good football players too. So. Mm-hmm. There will be more. High school football is uh, is underway starting tonight. Uh, actually, it started Thursday night. I saw where Bokesia and Lakewood were playing, so a lot of high school action. College football this Saturday. Week zero. Week zero. Coke zero. <laughs> sponsored by Coke. Is week zero sponsored by Coke zero? It should be. It should be. Um. <laughs> Indiana against uh, – no, not Indiana. Illinois against uh, – who else? Uh, Nebraska. Nebraska, yeah. Those two teams are playing, yeah. Yeah, it's very disappointing. Lovey won't be there, but very disappointing. Lovey Smith, we're going to see this weekend. Yes, is he not the defensive coordinator for your Houston Texans? Is that right? Yes, he is. So we'll get uh, well, not the return of Lovey because obviously you're going to Houston, but uh, right. for the Bucks. But uh, now, Rick, don't go leaving the charge. <laughs> Discouraged. I go back to disappointment. He's got the uh, Lovey Smurf beard again going. I didn't like it at Illinois. It's back. Well, you know, COVID do that to people. You know, he makes it. It's white. It's weird. It's it's. It, he he's not. He looks great. He's not. He he only looks old when he has that beard. I'm not sure that I like it, but nobody asked me. Only Marianne has to worry about that. His wife, but that's true. It'd be great to see Lovey again. I um, always was a good guy. Good to me. There's been some good coaches through here. There really mm-hmm. has, and I like this coaching staff too. Todd Bowles is as fine a guy as you're going to meet, by the way. Yeah, I like I mean, Todd. not I like only Todd. is he a good coach, he's a hell of a good guy. I, I hope at some point, whether it's here or somewhere else, he gets another shot. Because I, I, do I, I don't think you can I don't think you can say coaching the Jets is a fair assessment of anybody. It hasn't been for anybody lately. Yeah. I mean, that's for sure, right? I mean, it, it's been an organization. It's a little like coaching the Detroit Lions, I think. Yeah, well, yeah, that's another organization. The problem is with Detroit, and now might become the case with the New York Jets. When you when you get your shot there, no one else hires you. Um, you know, you suffer so many scars that mm-hmm. for some reason everybody thinks you're toxic. But 
I'm with you. And the other thing that's going against them, and there's no way around this, right, is that it's a copycat league, okay? And so, you know, when you have your Sean McVay's and you have all these young offensive minds get head coaching jobs and they get, the, you know, you get these quarterbacks that, you know, are, are drafted. The owners, they think in terms of, you know, okay, we're going to draft a quarterback. What head coach can I get to help them? Who's the play caller? And I think there's a real bias right now against defensive head coaches, even though you could sit here for a while and name the defensive head coaches that win Super Bowls, you know, starting with Bill Belichick, you know, going back to Bill Parcells and Tony Dungy and, you know, on and on. So um, I think they get a bad rap right now in this era of, you know, offense. Um, but the head coaching job is it should not necessarily be limited to one side of the ball or the other because you're coaching the whole team. You know, you've got to it, – it, it's less to do with schemes. But offensive coaches very often call their own plays, mm-hmm. and therefore they feel like they're a reason why you win. There's a lot of ego involved on the offensive side, more than the defensive side. You know, defense is it's a team game. We all play together. Everybody does their job. Offense, you kind of single out the quarterback. You might have a star receiver, a running back, whatever. But that play caller, and this was the case with John Gruden, he wanted to be he wanted to be the quarterback. He just wanted to do it from the comfort of his mm-hmm. sideline. And so I think a lot of a lot of head coaches on that side of the ball, they want the credit. They want the play calling sheet and they want the credit. Well, and, isn't that why, you know, or at least that's why it's been reported that uh, Eric Bieniemy doesn't get head coaching jobs? Yeah. Because he's not calling the plays and that if you're yeah. an offensive coordinator, you better call the plays if you want to become a head coach. Cuz Andy Reid gets credit for that. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they don't give it to to Eric Bieniemy, which you know, they they want that guy to come in, call the plays for a new quarterback, mm-hmm. and that's why so many of your hires now are, are offensive coaches. So I think it hurts, Todd. It's absolutely to the Bucks gain. Um, he signed a new three-year deal. He is happy here in Tampa Bay. Um, he's got one son. Uh, the two of them played at Jesuit. One is now at Rutgers, um, Todd Jr. Uh, he's got another son that is a junior at Jesuit, and he's rated the number one linebacker. Listen to me now. The number one linebacker in the nation. Wow. That's Todd Bowles' son. Yeah. At at Jesuit. That's awesome. Which is remarkable. Yeah. And he's only a junior. He's like six six one, two hundred and five, two hundred and ten pounds already. And Todd was saying he was about one hundred and sixty five pounds when he was a junior. <laughs> so he's not sure. Uh, where he got it from. But his son, Troy, is the one that's at uh, Jesuit right now. And then he's got another son, Tyson, who's uh, as athletic as any of them. But, uh, yeah, so good guy, good coach. And if he doesn't get a head coaching job, that'll certainly be to, to the Bucks' gain because uh, I think that defense is going to take off this year. I think they're when the season's over, if the Bucks get back to the Super Bowl or, or close to it, I think we'll be talking about the defense as much or more than we will the offense. That's just my theory. So, been a busy week. Uh, we've got still a couple weeks to go, a little less than two weeks to go to the season opener. The Rays will have their series against Baltimore, and then I think they come home after that, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, big series with Boston starts on Monday, four-game series. Of course, Boston in the second wild card and third in the division right now, so they need to make up some ground. So that's going to be yeah. a big series. Then you get the Twins in next weekend. So, And then you go yeah. to Boston after that. 
So it, this is a big uh, next 10 days or so. I mean, Minnesota's not great, but playing better. And you've got seven versus Boston over the next week and a half. So, Yeah, it's going to be a good series. So busy weekend. Uh, make sure you check us out on Tampa Bay Time, in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com, of course, for uh, all the doings in Houston uh, for the weekend. And then the cuts are on Sunday. So, or they won't, they'll start Sunday. They, they actually don't have to be down to 53 until Tuesday, I believe, at 4 p.m. But I'm sure that they'll start making cuts Bruce Arians will have his his press comments on Sunday as well. So keep it right here in the meantime, Monday through Friday on Sports Day Tampa Bay. We appreciate you guys listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody.